You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you ready to learn the secrets, engage in the conversation, and listen to the masters about how to make this economy work for you? Well, sit back, grab a pen and paper, and get ready to discover how you can make growing your business fun, easy, and incredibly effective. If you are passionate about what you do, passionate about the customers you serve, then this is your economy. And the Success Secrets Podcast gives you just what you need to go out there and get it. Now, over to your host, Meredith Elliott Powell. Welcome to The Secrets to Success, a time to learn just how to succeed in this economy, how to actually win in what we like to call the trust and value economy. As you know, on this show, we only interview people who are positioning you and sharing their secrets and strategies of how to succeed in this economy. I'm your host, Meredith Elliott Powell, and with us today, I am so pleased to have Margie Worrell, author, Forbes columnist, executive coach, and somebody who teaches us how to live bigger, think bigger, and live bolder. Welcome, Margie. Thank you. It's great being here with you. Well, very excited to have you. I was just reading your last post on Twitter, your African proverb, and found that very, very motivating. Tell our listeners just a little bit about you and this whole idea behind thinking bigger and living bolder. Oh, look, you know, I think it probably stems right back to, I mean, what inspires me and why I'm so passionate about this message is I grew up on a dairy farm in rural Australia, the big sister of seven kids. And, you know, growing up, my father lived his entire life on the dairy farm. You know, my pet, no one had ever gone to college. And, and I know that my horizons of what was possible were very limited. And at 18, I left the farm to go to college um, had to move you know, four hours away to to Melbourne to go to college and it opened up a, a new world of possibility and then at 21 I put on a backpack and went traveling around the world for about two years working my way around as I went and I think really what that whole period then post leaving home really opened up the world to me in a whole new way but made me realize having met people across so many different cultures that while my culture in Australia, we often have an aversion to being really ambitious in some ways because there's a thing called the tall poppy syndrome. It's a cultural condition where people like to kind of pull you down if you start getting ahead of yourself. But we all share this fear of a fear of failure, a fear of rejection, a fear of losing face in front of our peers. And I believe that our fears of not having what it takes to succeed and of not being worthy can really hold us back profoundly in our careers, in business, in our relationships and life. And I then went on and worked for a few years in business, did a business degree, worked in the corporate world and then back in my late 20s went off to do psychology and then later on coaching because I see so many people who are living lives of, as Thoreau said, quite desperation it's fine. It's not always that they're miserably unhappy, but they're not living the life that they would really love to live. And they're certainly not knowing just how capable they are or fulfilling their potential. And so the work I do in, in the writing the books, in speaking, it's really to 
get people present to just how capable they are, to where they're settling and to think bigger about what's possible for them. You know, what you're saying, you know, the work that you are doing has always been vital and always been important. But even, you know, when you say the word fear, boy, that just rings into the economy in which we're living in right now. I come across more people who, you know, now more than ever, we seem to be afraid to push past our limits to maybe want too much or go for too much. How have you seen things change, either with the clients that you work with or just in in both the U.S. and the Australian economy and world economy in general, since the economy started to shift around 2008? Look, absolutely. There's no doubt since 2008, fear has gone to a whole new norm in our (laughs) culture. And, And I do think that Uh, Fear has become the new norm. We are living in very cautious and anxious and uncertain times. And many people really struggle with the lack of predictability for the future. We don't know what it holds. I mean, not only have we gone through enormous change in our world through technology in the last 10, just 10 years even, but we don't know what the future holds. There's enormous uncertainty. The economy, the global economy is changing. It's becoming more and more competitive and more and more global. And things that were once certain and that we once could depend on no longer are. In researching my latest book, Stop Playing Safe, you know, what I found is that, you know, scientists have now found through ability to, to study the brain is that as human beings, we're wired to overestimate the size of risks and to underestimate our ability to handle them. So that's how we're wow. that's how we're wired from the base case. But when we're living in an environment where we're being bombarded with reasons to feel afraid, when we're being bombarded with bad news all the time that really plays into our our fears and anxieties and our self-doubts, it really only perpetuates and actually just exacerbates that drive to play safe and to avoid risk. And so I believe we have to be very, very deliberate and very discerning about which fears we buy into and which fears we don't. Recognizing that fear is a very natural and innate emotion. It's there to keep us safe. It's to protect us from harm. So it's there to play a positive role. I mean, that's why we exist and we weren't all eaten by saber-toothed tigers eons ago. (laughs) But fear left unchecked, Meredith, can really overtake our lives. And I'm sure in your work that you do with so many people helping them be more successful, we come across people who wear fear, fear of looking foolish, fear of missing out, fear of losing face, fear of making a mistake, fear of being criticized. Those fears can run their lives and keep them from speaking up, from making changes and from doing things, the things they often know they should do, but they don't do because they make them vulnerable. You know, you bring up such a wonderful point. I want to to ask you in a minute some more about your new book and, and the work that you've brought to light in that. But, you know, the thing that you mentioned, I think that's so interesting that I'd love to get your take on is what I find in the work that I do when I'm working with people, and it came out some in what you mentioned, is People, we tend to fear what changing will 
cost us. We don't tend to put as much light on what staying absolutely the same will cost us. And I come across so many people who are not happy in their jobs. I mean, I work in and out of quite a bit in corporate America, some with smaller business, but the majority of my clients are corporate America. And there are a lot of people that I work with that aren't necessarily happy doing the role they're in right now, but they're rooted in this fear of what would happen if they changed, if they took a job they didn't like, if they took a job and their boss didn't like them and they got fired, that all the thought of fear is on what the change will bring, but not what if I stay where I am? What if I'm I'm miserable right now and it's costing me my health and my happiness? What is it about that, that we don't focus on the fear of staying stuck? We focus on the fear of change. I find that fascinating. Yeah, you know, it's funny because in my book, Stop Playing Safe, that just come out, I have a section there about how to harness the power of fear. And the way we do that is by thinking about getting people present about what should you be afraid of if you don't take action, if you don't Mm -hmm. take the risk and use fear in a positive way in our lives. It's interesting, um, the psychologist in the US, I I think University of Austin, he did a study where he found that we are also wired to underestimate or downplay or discount the cost of inaction which is what you're saying. And he called it Parmenides' fallacy after a, an ancient Greek philosopher who believed the world was static and nothing changes. And the idea being that often when we think about taking a risk and doing something, we compare what could go wrong with our current situation as though our current situation will continue on without any change. And yet we know <laughs> that, that often if things aren't really great right now, they don't just get better, they actually get worse. <laughs> If you're not taking your job much, it's not actually going to just get better over time. It will only get worse. If your finances aren't working well, your relationship's not going well, these things aren't just going to get better. They will probably, most likely, only deteriorate further. And so we have to get present to what's the cost of you doing nothing, of taking that path of least resistance and just, you know, playing safe. And hence why... That's really crucial when I work with people and and talk to people and write is to really think about, are you going to be happy with your life 12 months, 5 years, 10 years from now if you continue on this default path of least resistance of not putting yourself at risk, not taking a, making a change or taking a chance. So there I am and I'm working with you and I get that far to the point of, okay, wow, I've thought about this and the cost of me not making change or the cost of me playing it safe is pretty big. It's not going to be good. How do people, what are some of the things that they can do to overcome or work through that fear, maybe, so to speak, to take the steps to begin to work through it so that they can get to another level of success and push through that fear and begin to stop playing it safe? Yeah, look, there's several steps we can take, things we can do. They're not necessarily in a a strict sequence. But, But here's a couple. One is an exercise I often get people to do is I wave the magic wand and say, if you could have your ideal situation, what would it look like? 
Like if you wanted to be in a job that you really, really enjoyed doing, it gave you enormous sense of fulfillment, you felt like what you did mattered, you were adding value, you were really using your skills and talents in a way that you enjoyed and felt was meaningful, what would you be doing? And get people to just get some clarity of vision. It's not necessarily Mm -hmm. a specific job that they might be able to pinpoint, but well, you know, I'd be definitely doing more of this and I'd be doing less of this. And, you know, the kind of work environment I'd be in would be one where there was a lot of flexibility or there was a lot of really interesting people or I was able to just sort of go my own way and not be hampered by people or I'm really part of a team or, you know, whatever it is. Same in our relationships. If your relationship was working the way you really wanted it to work, what would there be more of? What would there be less of? And I think... Helping people connect to a vision that inspires them is very important. Mm. Sometimes people don't know exactly what they do want, but, gee, they know what they don't want, (laughs) and that's really helpful. I think secondly is doing what I just said, you know, harness fear in that what is the cost of you doing nothing? So getting people really present to what's the cost of inaction and then breaking down, you know, it might be a big change you want to make or a big goal you want to take, breaking that down into smaller pieces because, you know, sometimes we can just become so easily overwhelmed. When we connect with a vision that inspires us, about two and a half seconds later, we go into complete overwhelm. Oh, but how would I yes. ever do that? I mean, look where I am now. The gap between where we are and where we want to be can seem so vast and so overwhelming that we end up just saying, oh, it just seems impossible. And so that's where breaking it into, if you were just going to do one courageous thing today and it was the tiniest thing, if it was the smallest little thing, what would it be? And it could be something that seems very insignificant in the big scheme of things. But, you know, making a change in our life or taking on a goal, it's a bit like getting a great big, you know, Boeing 747 off the ground. They use, you know, the vast majority of their fuel just in taking off. And so just getting momentum Mm. going and we start with getting momentum going with just one little step. As As the Chinese proverb says, you know, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And so the more we act with courage, the more we act bravely, the more courageous and brave we become. And it's my experience, Meredith, I'm sure you've had this in your own life. I know for me, you know, leaving my parents' farm at 18 to live in a city where I didn't have any support, I wasn't living in a college environment, I had to kind of earn my own way, was incredibly intimidating. But when we kind of step out of our comfort zone and try things, we discover that we're more resourceful than we thought we were, we're more capable than we thought we were, but it builds confidence Mm-hmm. And and we shouldn't look around at what everyone else is doing and go, oh, yeah, but I, I don't have the courage to do what he did or she did and go, well, what is something that inspires you and what's an act of courage that you could do? No one, Whether anyone else thinks it's courageous is beside the point because often we wait to feel courageous. We're waiting to feel more confident. And, you know, that day may never come. And Mm -hmm. so courage, as I define it, isn't the absence of fear or self-doubt or those voices in your head that go, you don't have what it takes, it'll all be a disaster, what will people say? It's really just saying, I hear you, shut up, I'm doing doing this anyway. And, you know, people sometimes say to me, oh, you're so courageous. And I say, I'm not courageous. I mean, I've got all these little voices in my head. I'm Mm -hmm. far from fearless, but I've got good at beating them on the head saying, shut up. 
I'm just going to go and do this anyway, whether it's getting up on stage to speak, whether it was even just trying to write my first book. You know, I had the, who am I to write a book? You know, I, you know, what little old me, what do I know? I don't have a PhD. And, you know, right. we come up with all these reasons why we don't have what it takes to do what we are inspired to do. And yet the reality is, is that if there's something that inspires you to do, then you have it within you to do it. I just love the tips that you just gave. And I really want to reiterate some for my listeners. When you were talking about vision, what really caught me when you're talking about vision that I loved and the reason I think that people can do it is because I don't have to know exactly what I want. I feel like when somebody talks vision, we get that fear in our head that that plaque has to hang on the wall that is perfectly wordsmith. I mean, you didn't even say that I know I want to be an architect or I want to be an attorney. I just, it was almost like you were envisioned how you'd want to feel the things that you would be doing. And that is really something that when you really get in, you get in touch with that, the doors can really start to open because you'll just naturally start to move really start to move that way. The other is that, in essence, I feel like what you're saying is that courage is something that can be built and and almost the powers in the journey of it. Like, you know, if you could wave a magic wand and make me courageous, I don't know that I'd take it because when I follow the path and what you lay out in your books and your writings is the courage comes from the journey. You don't want to miss that piece. You're so happy when, you know, if your fear is to leave your parents' farm and go live in a city, then it's that that gives you all the end, that experience and those memories and every interaction you have and the fear that you felt in it that motivate you to say, what the heck, I'll try writing a book. You know, that it's, that there's so much power in the journey that you wouldn't want to just be courageous. Well, absolutely. And one of my favorite quotes, Martin Luther King Jr. is, you don't have to see the whole staircase, just just mm. the first step. And to your point, so much of it is the journey. And I think, you know, we, we too often look at other people. That's one thing that so often we do that actually right. doesn't serve us at all. And we go, oh, but look at where they are. So far mm-hmm. from where I am. And it's not about where anyone else is. It's about where you are. And it is about where you are right now, where are you called, where is courage calling you to speak up, to make a change, to take on a goal, to take a chance? Where are you being called to be more courageous in your life? And it's my experience globally working, you know, meeting people and talking to people. And, and, you know, I've traveled through, you know, West Bank refugee camps years ago and, you know, I've met people from so many different specters of life and it's the same thing. Where are we called in where we are today to be more courageous, knowing that what it is that we value most lies on the other side of our comfort zone? Mm. And don't we cannot expect to have more rewarding relationships, to have a more exciting job, to be earning more money, you know, you name it, or managing our money better. By doing what we've done up until now, we need to continually be braver in how we go about things. And that takes challenging the assumptions we have about ourselves. That takes allowing ourselves to be more vulnerable to the things we fear, whether it's opening ourselves up to another person, whether it's putting our hand up and saying, hey, I'll lead that project at work. But the more brave we are, the more courageous we are, taking action in the presence of those doubts, 
the more courageous and confident we become. And so I know for me now, you know, looking back on the things that scared me then, they don't scare me now. There's, <laughs> right. there's other things that scare me and I'm continually putting myself out there and out of my comfort zone. And, you know, and yes, it, I still get tightness in my chest and I breathe into it and I go, life is short and I don't want to look back and think, ah, what else did I, you know, who did I have in me to become that fear kept me from being you know you talk about life being short I think one of the most freeing things that has happened for me in the last year is both my husband and I are dealing with aging parents and you know and downsizing them and now my mother is to a point she lives in this lovely retirement facility but she's to the point where she really doesn't like to be if you take her out of there she wants to go back within two hours and everything and you realize that at the end of it all, nobody cares if you made an idiot on stage. Nobody cares if you wrote a bad book. Nobody cares if you, you know, wore the wrong dress to a cocktail party. And what I listen to my mother talking with her friends there, and what they talk about is, I mean, of course, they're children, but they talk about the experiences that they've had in life, the things that they've done, and the places that they've traveled, and you listen to them. They're so colorful because, you know, you'll hear that one woman did television, another woman did radio, another woman volunteered for a unit of the army that didn't allow women in. But it's been so enlightening to me to watch that and go, wake up smell the roses because everything you are afraid of is completely irrelevant. Yeah. And, and, and I think having that perspective and I often think I don't want to wait till I'm 83 right. to have that perspective and go, what the hell? Why did I care? <laughs> my neighbor thought I, my lipstick was too red or my kids yelled too loud or, the dog, you know, I don't want to wait till 83 for that. And I think, we're human beings and we do get caught up in, you know, what if I make a fool of myself? What do people think? You know, that is who we are and I think we can't deny that. But to become present to it and to become mindful of where is that keeping me from just saying, what the hell, I am going to give this a go and whether or not it works <laughs> out isn't as important as the fact that I had the courage to try and that is what, to me, at the core of is having integrity really in ourselves is about, is that we're being true to ourselves and we're not letting our fears of what others might think, of losing face, of, of looking foolish, all of that stuff, we're not letting those fears run our life. Rather, what runs our life is what inspires us, what we're in, who we're inspired to be, what we're inspired to contribute, you know, the legacy we want to leave behind as a human being one day. And, you know, Maya Angelou once said, people won't always remember what you did, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. And, you know, I have four kids and getting them off to school every morning, sometimes I'm like, okay, get your bags and get your lunches. And get uh, you know, it can get into, it can get rather, can be a little mild case of bedlam in our house every morning. But, you know, like generally I want my kids to know they are so loved and I think they are so brilliant and they can do whatever they want. And I hope that in the midst of my busyness that people who know me know that 
you know, that, that they feel bigger for having been around me. They, they, they see things as possible that they mightn't have seen before or they feel encouraged or they feel valued. And I think whether in the workplace or in our personal lives, you know, how is it that you make others feel and what's the impact that you have by the fact that you show up every day? Well, I've got to tell you that I feel bigger and I feel bolder just having spent 30 minutes during this podcast talking to you. And I want, I read so many things that you put out. I saw that you spoke to the International Women's Conference and I caught some of that. I read your posts so often because your work is just fantastic and it's really motivating. And I want my listeners to know how to get your books, how to tap into your column and certainly your website. So if you would share that information with them, I would be grateful. Yeah, well, thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. Look, so I probably my website is the number one place for people to go to because there's information about my books on there, margiewarrell.com. And I would, with my accent, my Australian accent, my A's sound like I's and my R's sound like <laughs> E's. And, and so they're probably best to get it from your website, but <laughs> margiewarrell.com and just don't let my accent mix you up. Um, <laughs> But yes, no, I mean, I wrote a book called Find Your Courage four years ago that came out and ended up being an Amazon bestseller that is really, I think, was a book just to help people be more courageous in their everyday lives and was really inspired a lot by probably my relationships with other women who I felt were very stuck in their lives. And I really wanted to help them see that life, that there was more, they didn't have to feel like this was it. And then I just released another book that I wrote in the last 18 months called Stop Playing Safe. It's just come out with uh, Wiley. And I learned yesterday, it's number two business books on iTunes behind Sheryl Sandberg's Lean In, which is exciting. Oh, that's very, very, very exciting. I want to watch the YouTube clip that you got from it. And we'll make sure we post that on the site as uh, well. Thanks. But Stop Playing Safe is much more a book focused in our career and working lives. So, you know, there's obviously fear runs rampant in, in organizations. A lot of people have a lot of anxiety and a lot of uncertainty about where their future lies. And a lot of people feel very disengaged in their work. And so I interviewed a lot of business leaders and entrepreneurs and combined their insights with my own and, and research to really provide, a, I guess, a roadmap to help people be more purposeful in the work they do and more bold and courageous in how they do it so that they can enjoy more success and also just feel more rewarded for it. Well, I really encourage my listeners to to tune in and to learn more about you and more about your books and the work because it's really you publish some really f fabulous information, well-researched information, but also I think information that so many people are rooted in fear right now and the work that you're doing is just truly truly valuable and important. So this has been a fantastic interview and I have really enjoyed having you on today. Can you give our listeners one tip for your secret to success? And listeners, she is one busy lady, author, speaker, executive coach and mother of four. So what is your secret to success? Oh, what is my secret? You know, uh, a strong sense of purpose, combined with a sense of adventure and a hearty dose of humor. 
I, I, I am juggling a lot of balls, Meredith. I do drop them regularly. You only have to ask my children. But I think really it's just knowing that our lives matter, what we do matters, and trying to, you know, just live in alignment with what matters most is core to it all. And then forgiving ourselves when we mess up because, come on, we're humans and we mess up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely well that fantastic so thank you again for joining us on the secrets to success and i want to thank all of my listeners for joining us on the secrets to success and where you learn the tips the strategies and ideas that you need that you really can tap into to get ahead and to actually win in the trust and value economy <laughs>